let her start the CD there. So walking in the supernatural. I, as I was praying about what to, what to share tonight, uh, you know, the word the Lord gave us for, for 2019 is that, that 2019 is going to be a supernatural year. That, and, you know, and I'm telling you what, guys, everywhere I look and every, every word I'm hearing about 2019, um, you know, from major ministries around that, that, that share those words, um, they may not say the word supernatural exactly like that, but they, but it it lines up right with exactly what the Lord told me that that it's going to be a year that that we see the Spirit of God move in ways that that we've never seen Him move. It's going to be, uh, you know, He's going to do things and and it's, it's going to be it's going to be not just another year as normal, but it's going to be a supernatural year. So I, so as we started tonight, as we start this year, the first service of the year, I just wanted to kind of uh, to kind of just touch on a little bit about what is the supernatural and how do we um, you know, how do we start to walk out uh, this year, 2019, in the, in the supernatural? Because here's, here's what we have to know. If we're going to walk in the supernatural, then we must go a lot deeper than just, just knowledge. It's one thing to know something, but it's something totally different to experience it. You know, a lot of people, Stacy tells a story, uh, I remember, and, and I've heard a lot of other people say this too, but Stacy, this was a true experience for her. She had a good friend in high school that was an atheist, and he knew he probably knew more of the Bible than she did. Now think about that. An atheist, you know, and, and I've met some other atheists, you know, that don't believe in God, but boy, they sure can quote Scripture, you know, to to argue against you and to, when you try to bring things up, they'll throw Scripture right back in your face. Now, isn't it something? If if just knowing Scripture was what it was all about, then then they would even be saved and be blessed. But it's not just knowing Scripture. It's not just memorizing Scripture. You know, and, and the Bible talks, you know, the Bible says, you know, that it's the truth that sets you free. But, but it's not just the knowledge of the truth. It's the truth that we're walking in, the truth that we're applying to our lives. It's the, it's the, the truth that, that, we're, that we're grabbing hold of saying, saying yes, Lord, that, that, is, that is true, and that, this, is, this is the way my life will be. So it's, you know, so if we're going to walk in 2019, if, if 2019 is going to be a supernatural year for us, it's going to take more than just learning more scripture. It's going to take more than just hearing more sermons. It's going to take more than just, uh, just attending church, you know, once or twice a week. That's, that's not going to help you. Well, that's not going to make you walk in the supernatural. It'll help you. But, you know, I mean, every time you get the word in you, it helps. Amen. And, and, you know, just coming to church is not going to make you walk in the supernatural. There's, listen, there's churches full around the world on Sunday mornings and on Wednesday nights of people that will, when they die, they'll split hell wide open. Because it's not about just having your name on a roll. It's not about just, just making a seat warm in a church somewhere. But it's about having that personal relationship with Jesus. It's about, it's about walking that out and it's about living your life every day for him. And, and, and being hungry and being thirsty and, and going deeper and deeper into the things of God. And, and, you know, when we talk about, we talk, when you talk about the supernatural, uh, it really, some people get hung up on it, and some people, you know, they kind of, they, I guess some people are afraid of it, some people are, um, you know, get nervous when you start talking about the supernatural, because they are, they are so natural-minded. You know, if they can't see it, touch it, taste it, feel it, uh, hear it, then, then they're just, they're like, well, then that's not real. They, you know, you can't do that. That's, that's, you know, I've got to be able to see it before I believe it type thing. 
But that's not the way God works. God says, if you believe it, then you will see it, versus having to see it first. You know, the supernatural is all about faith. It's all about putting our trust. Uh, you know, Oral Roberts had, wrote a book years ago uh, that said, you know, that um, it said you'll see the impossible. It says you, you, you will, oh, what's the title of it? Uh, you'll have the impossible when you see the invisible. Something like that. That may not be the exact title, but that's the premise of it. I can't remember now. It's been a while since I read that book. But, but you know, to have, or maybe it's to have the impossible, you have to see the invisible. And the question is, how do you see the invisible? You know, all of us want to see the impossible. All of us want to want to go beyond the natural. But if we have to see the invisible, then what? You know, what's the key? How how do we see the invisible? Well, the answer to that is that the invisible is the supernatural. The invisible is the spirit realm. The invisible is is exactly where God wants all of us to live. And because the truth is, and the Bible shares this, the Bible talks about this that the spirit world is is more real than this physical world. And that's, that statement blows a lot of people up because they're like, well, how can it be more real than this? This is a piece of metal. This is real. This is, you know, how can, how can the supernatural be more real than this? How can the spirit world be more real than this? Because the Bible says that heaven and earth will pass away. One day, one day this pulpit right here is not going to be here anymore. But you know what? The spirit world will always be there. The spirit, our spirits are eternal. Amen? And, and so, so, uh, we have to understand that. Hebrews 11, verse 3 says this. Now, Hebrews 11, we're, we're very familiar with it. Thank you. <clears throat> we're very familiar with Hebrews 11, especially verse 1, where it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, by faith, the elders obtained a good report. But now listen to verse 3. This is interesting. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen, you know, even, even this, the things that were seen, were not made of things which do appear. In other words, we could say it, we could say it this way, is that, that the things that are seen today were made from the invisible. It was made from things that we couldn't see with our natural eyes. Well, how was it made? God said. He spoke. And when he spoke, the invisible became visible. Now, here's, here's a key. Now, listen to this. We, have to, we, we kind of discussed this a little bit even with, even with what Monica, the testimony Monica gave. The Bible tells us that we're made after the image of God. He made us after his image. Now, now when you put two and two together, think about just the, the, that simple principle. God spoke and the invisible became visible. Things were made out of things not seen. Then he made us in his image. Well, if we're made in the image of God, which means that we, were a, we, were, we, we are a representation of him, we look like him, we should act like him, our characteristics should be like him, then one of our characteristics is this. Our words carry power. God spoke and it happened. Then he created us just like him. Now, that doesn't, that doesn't mean we're God. I mean, we all understand that. But what that means is we have the same characteristics as him. And the, the characteristic of, of the power of our words, making the invisible visible, making people that are making people laying in hospital beds that, that the doctors said are going to die, wake up. Come on. 
make, speaking to our finances, speaking to, to you know, family relationships, speaking to, you know, um, you name it, job situations, you know, speaking to uh, whatever it is that, you know, whatever situation you have, speaking to those things, understanding that we have authority and we have power, then we can see those things, the things that, that weren't like, you know, that weren't like we needed them to be yesterday or this afternoon, they can become like that just simply by us speaking in faith. One of the biggest things that we're going to find, that you will find, is this. If you're going to walk in the supernatural, you have to live a life of faith. You have to have a un, I mean, an unchangeable faith in God. You have to understand that. Paul, listen, Paul told the Corinth, the Corinth church to not look at natural things, but look at, rather at things that can't be seen. 2 Corinthians. Just turn over there and we'll see this. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians 4, verses 16 through 18. Paul said this, For, for which cause we faint not, <clears throat> for which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Now, you know, that's an interesting statement that Paul says, for our light affliction. Because if you read, if you read any of Paul's writings, you'll understand that that man went through more than any of us could ever think about going through. He was beat. He was left for dead. He was, I mean, you know, I mean, just lit shipwrecked i mean you know thing after thing after thing after thing that all of us said dear lord if one of those happened to us we'd be finished you know but paul lists 20 things that happen and then here he comes up and he tells the church guys our light affliction it's it's working for us a far greater sense of glory than we ever know you know i mean for him to, to for him to say this is a light affliction man i mean that that was something else how how could he say that look at verse 18 <clears throat> Here was his key. He said, while we look not at the things which are seen. In other words, we don't look at our circumstances. We don't look at, we don't look at the way things are in the natural. We don't look at how people are treating us. We don't look at you know, our bank account. We don't look at um, you know, what the doctors say. We don't look at those things like that's the final say. Amen, Pastor. That's good preaching. Thank you. I'll preach on. <laughs> but now listen, he says, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. How do you look at something that's not seen? How do you look at the invisible? How's, how's something that is seen today made out of something that's not seen? Well, it's, it's, it's in the supernatural realm. It's, it, you know, we know that we grab hold of things that are not seen by the hand of faith, and we pull the, the invisible into the visible realm. And we do it by the hand of faith. Paul said, listen, he said, he said, man, these light afflictions that I'm suffering, he said, I don't look at those things. I don't focus on those things. I don't think about those things. But what I do think on is what God's Word says. What I do think on is what the promises are. He said, I look, while, while, uh, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are are eternal. Isn't that something? Many listen, many Christians, like I said, they don't even believe in the supernatural realm. They they think that if you can't see it, then then you know, then it's not real. 
But guys, listen, there is a whole, there is a whole other dimension. There, you know, um, if, if we... Think about the story, think about the story of, of uh, uh, Elijah and his, and his servant. I think it was Elijah or Elisha, one of them, I can't remember. But the story of, of him and his servant. When his servant came and, and you know, and, and, and God was using, using him to... Uh, you know, to, to, to tell the secrets of the king. And the king found out where he was, and he surrounded him. And his servant walked out of the tent one morning, and, and he saw the whole army surrounding him. Now imagine, it was, you know, it was Elijah and him. There were two of them. And he walks out of his tent that morning, stretching, you know, getting ready probably to put on a cup of coffee or something, and rubbing his eyes, and he looks, and they're surrounded by an army. Not just a couple people, we're probably talking about hundreds, if not even a thousand people surrounding the tent that they're in. And probably the second thing he did after he rubbed his eyes was rubbed his eyes some more. Think, okay, I'm just, I'm seeing things. And he runs back in the tent and he says, he's, you know, the, I love the King James, he says, Alas, Master, what do we do? You know, in other words, he, he told him, he says, he says, there's a whole army out there. But what, what did the prophet tell him? The prophet said, he said, you know, he probably just chuckled and said, boy, don't worry. He said, there's more with us than they are with them. And he's probably sitting here going, one, two. Okay, two, one. One, one, two, one, two. Uh, okay, you need to stick your head out the door and look because there's a whole army out there. And Elijah, and, and Elijah just prayed. He prayed. He said, Lord, now here, here's what he said. He said, Lord, open his eyes so that he can see. And his servant was probably thinking, I did see. There's an army out there. You know, what are you talking about? You know, but, but see, Elijah wasn't talking about physical. He wasn't talking about natural sight. He said, God, open his eyes so he can see what's real. And it says when he stuck his head back out the door, he looked, and surrounding the army that was surrounding them was a whole host of, 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 uh, a whole host of angels surrounding them. And you know what happened that day? Elijah and his servant... They wasn't harmed a bit. As a matter of fact, they took the whole army, really took the whole army captive. <laughs> I mean, that's incredible. But, but see, here's, here's the key. This is what I'm talking about, and this is where we have to get. He said, he said, open his eyes, God. I think one of our prayers this year needs to be, God, open our eyes. Open our ears. Open our eyes. Lord, help me to see like you see. You know, don't, help, me, help me not to look at what's right in front of me, but help me see what you see. You know, help me see the invisible. Help me see in the spirit realm. Help me, help me look through that veil that's, that's in front of me. Help me look through that veil so that I can see the spiritual world. Because if we can see what he sees, then we could be, we could be like Elijah and just chuckle when a whole army's cover, surrounding us. Look at uh, Ephesians chapter 3. I, I just wrote down some scriptures. I just want to encourage you tonight. Ephesians chapter 3. Because, because man, this year you're going to hear, uh, you guys are going to hear this probably to you're sick of it, about walking in the supernatural, about seeing in the Spirit, about, about you know, just the, just the supernatural things that God's going to do in our lives. And you're going to hear testimonies about it. And you're going to experience it. Listen, I, I, I'll share this. I, I told you I wasn't going to do this, but I'll, I'll share this because, I mean, it fits in here. Um, Saturday night, we got, we got to the ramp, and I'll share this again Sunday probably too, but uh, 
we got to the ramp and, and we were we we were getting ready to take up the offering. I, I shared a little bit about what the Lord told me Sunday night at the offering, but Saturday night I was there and I was praying and we've been praying for the youth. We've been praying that that God would touch them and, and they took up the offering very first thing actually and she never does that. I mean that was that was kind of odd that she did it before they even got started. She come out and the very first thing she did was take up the offering. She said I want to get this out of the way and where we don't have to you know do this near the end of the service. But she said. Uh, you know, she was talking. And I, to be honest with you, I don't. I can't even remember what she was talking about now because, because as she was talking, um, the Lord spoke to me, and it was about a seed. And and He started speaking to me about a seed, and He said uh, He said because you know, and every year because every year we go to these conferences and and uh, and I always sow a seed from the church. I always you know because because listen, we you know. The, the finances that come into the church, we turn around and we tithe off that. The church, the church sows into other ministries. You know, we give. We, I mean, you know, we're a giving church. We give. You know, we we tithe and we sow and um, and you know. So so anytime I go to a conference, um, the church will sow a seed into that into that that conference. And uh, so I was sitting there, and the Lord was talking to me about the Lord was just talking to me about a seed. And he said, uh, and he said this. He said, he said, he said, you want to, he said, you want to see a quick harvest. And boy, that got my attention. I said, a quick harvest. I said, yeah, Lord, I want to see a quick harvest. How many of y'all like quick harvests? In other words, it's one of those you plant seed and boom, there it is. It, it, you know, wow. Okay, that's good, Lord. I'll take that. And the Lord told me this. He said, he said, you've been praying and believing for this conference for these kids. And he said, he said, if you will sow. And, and now listen, and, and I'll share the amount. I don't care. He said, and because it, it wasn't a huge amount, but he said, if you'll just simply sow a $10 seed for everybody that came with you to this conference, he said, and just watch what I can do with it. I said, okay, Lord. So I, I gave a $260 offering, which, I mean, that's, you know, it's not a huge offering, but, but I mean, but, but that's just, the Lord spoke to me and told me to give a $10 seed for every offering, for every person that came. We took 26 people. So I said a $260 offer, wrote on the tithe envelope, seed for, my, for, for Destiny Bible Church. Sowed that seed, and the next three days, listen, we, we, we shared testimonies, and I, I really, I, I, y'all be praying this Sunday that these kids will share like they did the, the last night, because, or not before last, because uh, after the whole conference was over, it was 1 or 12.30 at night, we're sitting there at the convention, or at the church, gathered around in a circle, sharing testimony, praying for each other. You know, we didn't get back to the hotel at 1.30 that night. You know, awesome. But listen, these kids, now, and, and you know, and most of you know most of them that, that went, but these kids give testimonies of being healed, of having dreams, of having visions, of being, seven or eight of them got filled with the Holy Ghost, spoke in tongues for the first time. Uh, I mean, but just think about nine altogether. Yeah, about nine people all together got spirit-filled for the very first time. Other About three or four hadn't spoken in tongues in, in, in quite a while, spoke in tongues again, and got, got that fire rekindled. But listen, what, I mean, what a quick harvest for a seed that was sown to come back up and kids having dreams, having visions, having, seeing, seeing things in the Spirit, getting spirit-filled. I mean, laying hands on other kids, praying for them and seeing things happen. I mean, guys, come on. I mean, that you know, we had we had a couple of the kids praying for other kids, and they got healed. I mean, it just you know, I mean, you can't you can't beat that. And you know, and 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 what and what this and what what we're saying with this is this, you know, if you if if we could just see and if we could just learn to walk in that realm in the supernatural realm, oh, what what a joy it would be to walk in that every single day. And here's the awesome thing: we can. 
It's not a mystery. It's not a. It's not something that is. It's not something that's out there that's just left for the uh, for a chosen few. What it? What it? Now see, it comes back. We we. You know, I don't know. The last four or five months, I've used this expression a lot. But but do we really believe the word? Because Jesus said this. He said, "These signs shall follow them that believe." It didn't say it'll follow the fivefold ministry. It didn't say it'll follow those special ones that I've chosen. Which is true, though, because he's chosen all of us, and we're all special to him. But what did Jesus say? He said, these signs shall follow those that believe. They shall cast out devils. They'll lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. They'll speak with new tongues. You know, he didn't say that that's for the special. He said, that, he said those are the signs that will follow those that believe. If we're not seeing those signs following us, then do we truly believe? Amen. Romans 3. No, Ephesians 3. I'm sorry. Ephesians 3, verse 19. Now listen. Uh, we'll read this from the Amplified. This is Paul's prayer. I love, I love these prayers. This is Paul's prayer um, you know, for the church here. I, I've just pulled out one verse because I want you to see this. Because this is, this is what we're just talking about. In Ephesians 3, 19 from the Amplified says this. That you may, that you may really come to know particularly through experience for yourself, the love of Christ. I love the way the Amplified puts that because it doesn't just say, the King James just says, to know the love of Christ. Now that's great, to know the love of Christ. But the Amplified says, I love that, it says, that you may really come to know particularly, or, or, or we, could, we could say it this way, especially, especially. I, if, if we were praying that way tonight, it would be, God, I especially pray that, that Stacy would really know and understand your love. That Ginger, she would have it, she would, she would experience it, she would know it for herself. Not just because she read it in a book, but, that, but, but because she's walking in it. That you may really come to know, particularly through experience for yourself, the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience. See, that goes back to what we talked about at the very beginning. It's one thing just to have Bible knowledge. It's one thing just to have that knowledge. But it's something totally different to experience it. It's one thing to know that Jesus said, These signs shall follow them that believe. But it's something different for you to lay hands on somebody and walk away saying, saying that what Jesus said really works for me. <laughs> you know, it's not just words in a book now. It's, it's, it really works. I mean, it's not, you know, it's something that he said I could do and I can do it. You know, if you, if you have never experienced, listen, if you have never experienced laying hands on somebody and seeing them healed, man, I encourage you to go find somebody that's sick and lay hands on them until you see it. <laughs> because it will change you. You know, and I, and I know, I'm, I hear it, I, I, I heard it in some of you just as soon as I said that. I'm not that bold. That's just not me. You know, I don't know that I could do that. Well, if you have that attitude, you're exactly right. You'll never see it. <laughs> You'll never experience it. <clears throat> but, you know, we have to be willing to step out. We have to be willing to look at, we have to be willing to look at things, not, the, not things that we can see in the natural, and stop limiting ourselves by saying, well, that's just not who I am. That's just not me. But saying, you know what, God said that this is how we're supposed to live our lives, so this is how I'm going to live my life. 
Well, Pastor, what, what are they going to think about me? Who cares? Would you, rather have, would you rather have your coworkers pat you on the back and tell you how nice you are, or would you rather have God pat you on the back and say, well done, good and faithful servant? It's your choice. Isn't that what happened that day in the temple when Jesus was watching the, watching the people and, and he was talking to his, his, uh, his disciples there, and he told them, he said, he said, when you pray, don't pray like the Pharisees do who beat their chest and say, you know, oh, look at me and how great I am. Because he said, you know what? They got their reward. Well, what was their reward? Oh, listen to him. Isn't he such a good prayer? Oh, if I only had words like him. If I could only, if I could only articulate those, those, the words of scriptures like he does and, and pronounce them like he does, oh, I would be, it would be so wonderful. Versus, versus the, 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 the old sinner that was there on the ground, knelt down, bowed down, crying out for repentance. And Jesus, Jesus is like, you know, God sees and hears that. Man, we've, we've, got this whole, we've, got, we've got this all screwed up. I mean, you know, we've got it all backwards, what, what we're, after. we're after. You know, so many, people, so many people are after man's approval. And they're not really, they don't really look and, and strive for God's approval. You know, I saw this quote the other day. I, I, I posted this a long time ago, but I saw this in, in one of my notes. Uh, Smith Wigglesworth said this. Now listen to this. Smith Wigglesworth said this. The reason the world is not seeing Jesus is that Christian people are not filled with Jesus. They are satisfied with attending meetings weekly, reading the Bible occasionally, and praying sometimes. It is an awful thing for me to see people who profess to be Christians lifeless, powerless, and in a place where their lives are so parallel to unbelievers' lives that it's difficult to tell which place they are in, whether they're in the flesh or in the spirit. My, my, my. He said, it's an awful thing for me to see people who profess to be Christians and have them lifeless, powerless, and in a place where their lives are so parallel to unbelievers that it's difficult to tell whether they're in the flesh or the spirit. Mm. I, I pray that nobody ever has to question whether I'm on fire for God or not. I pray that he, nobody ever has to question whether you are. Listen, now we, we are... Man, I don't even want to... I, we don't even, I don't want to go there. Let's, let's read some more scripture. That'd probably be better. <laughs> <laughs> that you may really come to know, particularly through experience for yourself, the love of Christ which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience. Now here's why. When you experience that, he said, he said, you know, he said, I pray that you really come to know through experience for yourself the love of Christ, that you may be filled through all of your being unto the fullness of God, that you may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God Himself. That doesn't come just by knowing a Scripture. That comes from experiencing a Scripture. That doesn't come just by, by being able to, to quote uh, an entire chapter of, the, of a Bible book. Now that's great if you can do that. You know, and it's wonderful that you memorize Scripture, and it's good to get Scripture in us. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. 
But, but what Paul was praying here for the church at Corinth was this. He said, God, he said, it's great that they know that, that they have that knowledge of you. But what I'm praying is that they go beyond knowledge and that they experience you. That they take that step forward into the unseen. That they take that step forward and go beyond what they see in the natural and step into the supernatural and say, God, if you said it, I believe it and it'll work. And I'll see it work. Amen. <clears throat> Can y'all take just a little bit more? Amen. Romans chapter 8. I'll finish here maybe with this. Let me just make sure I don't want to get... Oh, man. Yeah, i got to talk about that too. All right. <laughs> Romans chapter 8. Now listen to this. I'm going to hit this real, real fast. If, if, we're going to, if we're going to walk in the supernatural and we're going to see the supernatural, then we're going to have to, be, we're going to, have to stop being so fleshy. We're going to have to stop letting the, so, so many of the things that bother us bother us. You know, we're going to have to learn to be tough-skinned. We're going to have to learn to put some stuff down. We're going to have to learn even maybe even to put some relationships down. Not, not talking about husbands and wives, leaving your husband or wife or anything like that, but I'm talking about ungodly relationships that, that you, know, you know the people are bringing you down and hanging out with the wrong people and going to the wrong places with the wrong people. Listen, listen to Romans 8, 5 through 8, and I'll read this from the Amplified again just because it pulls some things out. And I'm just going to read this real quick here. Romans 8, 5 through 8. For those who are according to the flesh and are controlled by its unholy desires set their minds and they pursue those things which gratify the flesh. But those who are according to the Spirit and are controlled by the desires of the Spirit set their minds on and they seek those things which gratify the Holy Spirit. Have you have you stopped have you stopped lately and just asked the question is what I'm thinking about is is it is is it exciting the holy spirit or is it making him cringe What I'm watching on TV man is the holy is the holy spirit getting excited with me or is he having to go hide his eyes because of what I'm seeing Cuz you know what the holy spirit's with you is not the holy spirit is not just a thing you bring to church with you He's living on the inside of you. And the Holy Spirit has, the, whole, the Bible says the Holy Spirit can be grieved. The Holy Spirit has emotions. And here he said, listen, he said, if you, he said those that are carnally minded and flesh minded, they're controlled by, the, by his unholy desire, set their things on things that please the flesh. He said, but if you're in the Spirit, he said, the things that you're thinking about, the things that you're doing, they edify the Holy Spirit. Then he goes on to say this, Now the mind of the flesh, which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit, is death. Death that comprises all the miseries arising from sin, both here and hereafter. Now that don't sound too good, does it? But the mind of the Holy Spirit, the mind of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is life and peace, both now and forever. That is... Because the mind of the flesh, with its carnal thoughts and purposes, is hostile to God, 
For it does not submit itself to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. So then those who are living the life of the flesh, catering to its appetites and impulses of their carnal nature, cannot please or satisfy God, or can you be acceptable to Him? So if we're going to live a life, of, if we're going to live a supernatural life, we can't be satisfying our flesh all the time. Let me, let me just throw this one little tidbit out there. You know one of the best ways you can make your flesh scream and, and torture your flesh, <laughs> so to speak, by saying no to your flesh, is by fasting. You, we have to show, and we have to, we have to show our, our flesh who's ruling. The Bible says the flesh and the spirit are at war with each other constantly. And we all know that. I mean, that's not revelation to us. You know, we fight it every day, don't we? Thoughts and anger and emotions and, I mean, you know, I mean, every day it's, it's a battle. And it's a battle to stay in the spirit. Especially you've got to drive in traffic. It's a battle. You, got, you deal with people. It's a battle. I mean, you know, it's, it's tough at times. But you can win it. You know, that's just it. You can, I mean, it's not, a, it's not an unwinnable battle. Amen? I mean, you can do that. Look at, uh, look at uh, Matthew 17, and we'll finish with this. Matthew 17. Now, this is an awesome story. I wish I had time to teach this whole thing. I mean, because this, this could be a teaching in itself for a month or two. I mean, this, this is the story of the transfiguration. <clears throat> and notice, notice, what, notice what happens here. Let's see this. It says, Matthew 17, in verses 1 through 7 or 1 through 6, somewhere like that. It says, And after six days, Jesus taking Peter, James, and John, uh, and John, his brother, and brings them up to a high mountain apart. In other words, you know, they had, they had been doing some things, been praying. After six days, he looked at Peter, James, and John. That was his inner circle. And he says, guys, come on, I've got I to gotta, I gotta tell you something. I've got to take you somewhere. I've got to show you something. And he took them up to a high mountain away from everybody else. Now, get this picture. Now, you know, guys, I, I mean, we re- <laughs> you guys probably get tired of me hearing me say this. We read Scripture, and we don't, we don't see Scripture. Because this is probably one of the most amazing scriptures in the Bible. Here Jesus has been with them probably two to three years by this time. Probably closer to three years. Because it's getting pretty close to the end, the end of, of the three and a half years that he's done ministry. And they've, they've, watched him, they've watched him do miracles. They've seen him raise the dead. They've seen him heal the sick. They've seen him multiply food. I mean, you know, they've seen Jesus do all, all kinds of stuff. And then here on this day... Jesus calls this inner circle. James, Peter, James, and John says, Come here, guys. He says, Let's go up here. They go up to a mountain far apart from everybody. And notice this in verse 2. It says, And he was transfigured before them. Now, that, that scripture, that, that within itself, you might just read that and think, Oh, you know, that's a transfiguration scripture. Woohoo. No. I mean, guys, in other words, he changed right there before their eyes. The Amplified says, His appearance underwent a change. In their presence, his face shone clear and bright like the sun, and his clothing became white as light. Could you imagine that? I mean, you know, could you imagine? Um, uh, go out here when you leave tonight. Do this. 
When you leave tonight, I, I, I installed some new uh, LED lights out here. I don't know if you noticed it was brighter out there or not when you came up the stairs. Don't blind yourself when you do this. But turn around when you when you walk when you walk right out the door and go go out from underneath the canopy there. Turn around and look at that light just for a second. Those LED lights, if you stare at it, it probably put you probably blind you because you stare at it just for a second and man, you you know you close your eyes and you just see spots. But could you imagine just what happened here? Did you did you hear what the amplifier said? It said that it said his appearance changed, and says that his face shone clear and bright like the sun. When's the last time you looked at the sun? I'm talking about they're watching Jesus. They're walking up there talking to Jesus, probably just you know kidding around, having a good time, and they just get to the place, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the sun is no longer in the sky up there. It's in their face. I mean, that, that, Jesus became that bright. His appearance changed right before them. And it says, His face shone like the sun, and His clothes were bright. I mean, they were bright, the brightest light you had ever seen. And it says, And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elijah, who was talking with him. Are you kidding me, man? Here, Moses and Elijah... They, I mean, they're sitting here. They're sitting here seeing Jesus, and all of a sudden, two more people come, and it's Moses and Elijah. Man, I mean, what? You know, could you imagine what you would think? And Peter, being the one that always speaks up <laughs> first, Peter said this. Peter said unto Jesus, "Lord, it is good for us to be here." In other words, thank you for letting me see this. And he said, "Now notice what Peter said." He said, "If you will," he said, "Let us make there." Uh, let us make here three tabernacles, room for, for you and for Moses and for Elijah. In other words, what he was saying is, let's build a house here and just hang out. <laughs> let's stay right here. I mean, are you kidding me? Moses, Elijah, and Jesus are bright. I can't even look at him. And, and, I mean, let's just stay right here. Forget about everybody else. Let's just stay right here. You know, I mean, I mean that, was, that was pretty smart on Peter's behalf there. And it says, it says while he yet spake... Behold, now listen to this, now if, as if that wasn't enough, while he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. So all of a sudden, they, they're seeing Jesus, they're seeing Moses and Elijah, and all of a sudden, here comes this cloud that's probably brighter than, any, than, than all of it, and, and it comes down and, and swallows up Jesus and Moses and Elijah. You know, it comes down and rests upon them. And it says, it overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye Him. In other words, it was God saying, Hey guys, this is my Son. Listen to Him. Listen to what He says. As if they hadn't been hearing Him before. In other words, God was telling them, Guys, you need to start listening. And you know what? If, if, if God showed up today... I have no doubt he would probably still be saying, Hello, listen, <laughs> you know, I'm speaking, I'm trying to get your attention, listen to me. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and they were sore afraid. And Jesus came and touched them and says, Arise and be not afraid. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only. Now, what, hap what happened in that moment? Just, just real quick, and I'm finished. What happened in that moment? Just in that, in that brief moment, what happened? 
God open their eyes and let them see Jesus in all of His glory. God, let them see Jesus, what Jesus would look like, is going to look like when we see Him. And they opened, God opened their eyes for that split second and said, said guys, I've got to show you something. Now, do you think, do you think, Peter, James, and John went down and never thought about that again? Oh, yeah, that was fun, but man, I've got to get back, to, I gotta get back and watch some more TV. <clears throat> yeah, I've got to get back and, and, you know, pick up my favorite novel to read. I, I, I think, I, I'm persuaded that these guys, when things like this happen, I'm persuaded that, that, they, that, they, that, that they were changed. That even as on fire as they were for God and, and what they knew about God and what they, how they served Jesus, I'm convinced that, that it went up another level. Now, the interesting thing is, is this. That word transfigured in verse, in verse number 2, where it says that, that Jesus was transfigured before them, you know where else that word is used? Anybody want to take a guess? Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, where it says that we're to renew our mind, and, it says, and, the, and where it says that our mind is transformed when we renew our mind to what God says, our mind is transformed. That's the exact same word that happened here when Jesus was transfigured and he became like he will be when we see him. When we renew our mind, we become like he is, which is how Peter, James, and John saw him. How did that happen? God opened their eyes. How, how do we get our eyes open? How do, you know, what's the first step in opening our eyes? It's renewing our mind about everything in our life. Renewing our mind about how we, how, I mean, how we treat our coworkers, how we treat our husband, how we treat our wife, how, how we act in the car, how we, how we treat our kids, what we say. Every, listen, Romans, Romans 12, 1 and 2, I mean, you know it. I mean, well, let's just read it. I don't want to leave without, without quoting it correct. He said this, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. When you see... Listen. Oh, man, that's so good. When you see the invisible... What happens? You're, you're transformed and you can, you can actually start performing and actually start walking in the perfect will of God for your life. If you're not in the supernatural, if you're carnal, if, you're, if your thoughts are like the world and you're thinking like the world and everything's worldly to you, then you'll never walk out what he calls here the acceptable and perfect will of God. You'll be just like every, you'll be like that statement Smith Wigglesworth said that 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 it is terrifying to him when he looks out and sees Christians who live lifeless and powerless and their lives look just like the world and he can't tell whether they're of the world or whether they're of God. We don't have to live that way. We can live a supernatural life. 2019 can be the most supernatural year of our lives. What's it going to take? The first step for all of us is going to take us renewing our mind to what God says. Getting in the Word, finding out... <clears throat> man, I... 
Guys, listen. For all of us, I'm preaching to myself tonight too. I mean, the Lord just, he, he just spoke something to me. As, as I, had a, I had that thought, and he just he showed me something, but I, I'm going to make this, this comment. Every one of us will have things we have to lay down. If we're going to live in the supernatural, every single one of us will have things we have to lay down and say, God, it's worth it. I enjoy it. I, I, I like that. I mean, it's not a sin. It's not, I mean, you know, it's, it's not a bad thing. But you know what? If I want to live a supernatural life, there's some things I'm going to have to say, you know, I can do without that because I want him. I'm after him. Amen. Renew our minds. As we renew our minds, we're transformed. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, I love you. <clears throat> Thank you for the time we had together tonight, Lord. I pray that I pray that every one of us, Lord, will become hungry for the supernatural, that we will want more of you than anything else. So, Father, I pray that this year will be, this year will be a year that we, that we see, experience, and walk in the supernatural, that it will become the new natural for us. Lord, help us to see the invisible. God, open our eyes. Open our ears. Help us to see and to hear what you see and what you say to renew our minds to that so that we can walk and live in the supernatural. Lord, we love you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for, for allowing us this privilege to get to know you better and to walk in more and more things that you have for us. We love you, Father. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys.